Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by Ira, who releases her second album, Speak, on the 3rd of December. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. A bit sleepy today, but I'm good. I'm good. Happy spirits. Good to hear. How is the tour going at the moment? I know today is uh, your day off from, uh, from from gigging at the moment. How, how have you found being back out and playing shows? It's amazing. I mean, I didn't realise how much I missed it until I was back on stage, really, because you kind of get used to not doing it. And then you kind of get that feedback from the crowd and you and you get the camaraderie with, with the people in the band. And it's great. It's um, definitely where I'm meant to be. Definitely. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, here to talk about the new album, Speak. Um, what can you tell us about when work first started on this album? It's been a few years now since your debut. Um, was this an album that was uh, written as a, not as a lockdown album, I don't like that term, it makes it sound like everything's about lockdown, but was it something that came together sort of post pandemic or was this something that was already in the works before the pandemic struck and is now only just seeing the light of day it definitely was in the works before pandemic times i've been i've been sitting on these songs for quite a while and i think if the if if pandemic times didn't happen it might have been out sooner as a lot of other bands have experienced i'm sure um for me personally i didn't feel that in spite of lockdown actually i just i mainly did did uh cooking over lockdown <laughs> like a lot of other people did um so these songs are definitely um majority of them before some during finishes touches etc but majority for definitely yeah okay great so what can you tell us about when work first started on this record because it feels like a a real sort of sonic progression if you like from, from the previous album it feels like a very big, very bold album. It feels like it's, you you can hear a, a, a kind of increase, I think in the, in the sonic textures and the layers on the album. It feels like it's got, there's a lot of dynamism in there. How did you set about recording this album? How did you, when did you first start writing and how did you go about setting that, that kind of sonic DNA or that sonic blueprint, if you like? Um, well, I think I I did listen a lot more to like shoegaze music. I think before I did this album, and I think in shoegaze music you you have to kind of listen to it over and over again to get all the textures. And you think when you first hear it that it's just one thing, but then when you listen to it again, you're like, oh, there's actually ten different layers here that you don't notice straight away. And I wanted to have that similar vibe to this record. Um, and I think definitely going into that mindset helped. And I think also I wanted to have a album that was more um, secure in where I wanted to go. It feels more uh, in line with the direction I wanted to take my music. And I feel like I had a more a clearer view of what I wanted to say with this album. I wanted it to be very direct, very me that's why I chose the title speak because I wanted it to be just no filter. You know, I want to speak up about this and, um, and uh, I think just, just, just influential, like what I've been listening to, I guess fed into the, the soundscape of the record and also 
make kind of an unapologetic sound um, that was true to to me. And I, maybe when I was writing the demos, I kind of add extra because I always put like lots of plugins and stuff on my mic and on my guitar and stuff when I actually write the songs. Um, so it was already on there from the beginning, that kind of hmm. sound, you know, which okay. helped it grow, I think. Yeah. yeah. So what was the first song that came together for this album? Oh, which one was the first song? That's a good question. Um, going through all the songs now. Oh, yeah. Um, this City came quite quickly. This City was uh, a song about me being really tired of London, basically, having a love-hate relationship to the city, looking at it as like a like a ex-boyfriend that's kind of bad for you, but you kind of miss it in a way. It's kind of that kind of vibe. And um, that came quickly. And then after that came uh, outro slash woman um, after that, which I felt also kind of sums up the record in quite a nice way because it's very much about, you know, finding my way into being a woman. What is it being a woman? You know, like I'm always going to be a kid. I think we're always going to be children till we die. Uh, Otherwise, I think life will be quite boring. And I think the whole thing about uh, being a a, a, a quote-unquote mature uh, uh, adult, I don't think it really exists. So I think, like, those two songs kind of of evolved into the the rest of the tunes of the album. Those two kind of started off those two tunes for me. Okay, so they kind of set the the tone for for what was... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because okay. this city is kind of like next chapter by realizing that I want something else, and uh, outro is more about acceptance and kind of this is who I am. So that kind of spoke through to the to the rest of the songs, I think. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So when did you when did you first head into the studio to start recording these? When was that? That was twenty twenty nine twenty nineteen. I think, yeah, 2019, I think we head into the studio. We did uh, recordings at the studio I shared with Finn, which is also known as Fink. Mm. He has a studio in Berlin that he kindly lent to me for a year, which is incredibly kind. So we did a lot of drums and guitars in that studio because he has a really good live room for that. And then after that, we did a lot of synths at my friend's Kari's studio. Mm. Like in, um, which is also in uh, Berlin. And um, yeah, and then we just went from there really. But then we also did bits and bobs of recordings in London. It was kind of a, a record that kind of came together from bits glued together because it was a very uh, friendship oriented record because now I'm fully independent. So it was, it's, it was the best way to get the record done um, by just working alongside tons of friends really, which was a lot of fun. Okay, did did that kind of movement between studios and locations impact or influence the the, the outcome of the record in any way? Did that, because it feels like a really, as did the first album, it feels like a very cohesive body of work. That, you know, every, there, there's huge, 
there's great dynamic range in the way that the songs sound and the, the mood and the feel of the songs, but it does feel like a, a unified body of work. How did you, mm. how did you manage to kind of maintain that sense of like, this isn't just a collection of random songs recorded in different places that there's a real, there's a real kind of thread that runs through each of these tracks. Um, I think it's just because I work very closely with Alistair Kellaway, like my longtime collaborator and, and a bandmate. And I think because he knows me so well and we've been working together for years, no matter where we went, because he did, for example, he did a drum session in London and I couldn't be there because of Corona stuff. Mm. And because we're so in tune with each other, he just nailed the drum sound that I wanted because he just knows me so well. So having him on board made it easier to, to make the sound uh, perfect in each location we went to. And I think because I had such a, idea of how I wanted the whole record to sound cohesively together. I think that group put it all together. Plus, you know, the, 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 my, my mate studios and, and whatever, they're all friends that have similar types of taste to me. So they have like this type of gear that I love to use, which also helped because then you, you get that sound that you, you want to have. Mm. Um, but I'm glad it comes across a cohesive because sometimes <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, whoa, we've done so much work in different places. So I'm glad it all came together mm. for the listener as well. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you talk about some of the, the gear that you were keen to use there. What, what can you tell us about the, the kind of key essential pieces of, uh, kit you were using to record this album? Was there anything like, what be it guitars, whether it be you know, audio kit in the studio, were there any sort of absolute touchstones that you're like, we have to use this to get these sounds? <laughs> well, I'm, you know, you might be talking to the wrong person here because I'm very much like, you know, I can go into a guitar shop, for example, and I can look at a guitar and I can try it. And I go, this sounds fantastic. And then I, I can buy it. And then people are like, oh, what did you get? And I was like, I don't know. It just sounds great. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just so not into the geeking out of gear. But I have to say, my friend Kari Janssen, who has a project called Pharaoh and also a project called Ultraflex, she has a crazy synth collection and she has this old synth, Russian synth, and she has this crazy, crazy synth I've never seen before, which hardly works, some of them, but they just sound so rich. And to have access to that was really, really cool. Mm. And obviously there's some Juno on there, which I love, which the majority of people love. Um and uh, Finn also had some really cool old Fender amps that sounded really cool through this hollow body guild guitar he had. So yeah, it's just like, I love any, any sound that's warm and rich, but also has an element of imperfect on them. I don't like sounds to be too perfect. I don't like sounds to be too clean. Um, so anything with a bit of grit, I, I tend to lean towards mm. all the time. Was yeah. there was there anything particularly different about the, the the kind of writing and recording process of this album compared to the last one? Did you was there anything that you kind of took from the first album and then built upon or felt like you know maybe perhaps served as a learning curve for you last time? Whether that be in the way that you approach songwriting, whether it's the way that you work with other musicians or producers, were there any obvious points that you could look to and go, actually, that was something that I took from album one? and really evolved for this album? I think the main thing was not taking myself so seriously. I felt with the first one, I took myself very seriously. And I think it was that thing of, 
you know, it's the first record, you, you're nervous about it and, you know, all this stuff. And But this one, I just wanted to have a bit more, sounds stupid, but a bit more fun, maybe. <laughs> you know, because, like, and just go with the flow, see what happens, um, go go more with my gut instinct, be more secure in, in, in what I want. And I feel like that comes across on the record. And, and, yeah, just enjoy the process more. I think because of the first one felt like, it was a huge kind of um, moment for me, which is this is as well, but I felt because this also was a bit more uh, spread out maybe and with loads of different influences with different mates and, and, and it kind of went through this big journey, um, I just enjoyed the ride more, mm. you know, and I think, and I wanted the lyrically also it not to be so dense. I wanted it to be more... Um, has like an element of, 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 of hope and an element of, of, um, just, uh, transparency. Yeah. I so I think just that, just like enjoying the process more and, and trusting myself more, I think, mm. um, I tried to do on this record. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. The point you make about the, you know, the difference in how you feel approaching first album compared to the second album, because, you know, sometimes it, it, you know, you, you hear artists almost talk about there being additional pressure and feeling more almost nervous going into the second one because, like, you know, you've had, you know, there's the old, you know, cliche about, you know, you've, you've had your lifetime up until that point to write your first one, whereas the second one you, you've only yeah. had since the last one. But I guess it does make sense as well that once you've got that first one out of the way and kind of shown, not that you can do it, but you go, okay, I've done that and I'm kind of happy with it and now I know how to build from it. It gives you that layer of experience that you perhaps didn't have the last time around. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's really interesting. Like I'm, already, I'm, I'm already excited to. I'm already writing on the third one, so wow. <laughs> already like excited to just get moving. You know, yeah, it's I, just it's a way to do it. The more stag, it's so bad to get stagnated on anything. I think you just have to move on and 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 keep creating. And I think, like, I have some friends of mine that are so that been sitting on music for like years, and they're just like won't release it because oh, it's not good enough, or it's not this, it's not that. And I think you have to you have to let stuff go and move on because you're going to always evolve as a human being. So if you always sit on the songs, you're never going to, you're never going to evolve with them, yeah. you know? And um, that's why I'm just trying to enjoy the process a lot more than yeah. what I maybe did before. So, yeah. That's a, that's a great way of putting it actually about not, you know, not being able to evolve unless you evolve with them. That's a, that's a very interesting way of looking mm-hmm. at it. And I think, you know, it's been, it's, I've, I've wondered that for artists who have perhaps finished an album or more or less, you know, finished writing an album just before the, you know, the pandemic struck and lockdown happened, because that is a long time to be sitting with songs that aren't, you know, they're new for the, for the listener, but they're not new to you. And how do you deal with them? Do you, does that mean that you have more time to just kind of revisit them and try and tweak them and play around with them or, you know, how, uh, you know, so obviously some artists work very differently than others on that front. Some are able to just go, no, that's it. They're done. And I just want them out as soon as I can do. So others, I think feel the need to perhaps go back and, and tinker with them a little bit. So I, w- I was going to ask how you felt about that. Were you able to kind of draw a line and say, no, that those are the songs that were written for that album. Or was there a temptation to go back and uh, perhaps think, oh, have, have I written something new that I could add to this collection and swap that out? Or, uh, you know, does this bit need to be there? Or can I add some more 
whatever you know did, was that something that did occur to you or did you have quite an easy time just drawing a line underneath them and saying no those are the songs i'll release them when i can and i'm going to start work on the next project it was very tempting to go back it was um because obviously i sat on them for as you said for a long time and i now i'm in a different headspace again you know because I'm, I'm i'm further along to what these songs are but you have to remember as well as an artist, you are usually going to be two years ahead of whatever you release. That's just how the business work, you know? So you have to, when I'm now performing these songs, I need to kind of revisit those thoughts that I had writing these songs. And by doing so, you kind of get to revisit an older person of yourself, which is also quite interesting because then you also, you can look at that and be like, wow, I've evolved from, from that. Um, so it's kind of like a therapeutic way of, of doing it because uh, especially now if I sing songs from Re- reflection of youth, I'm just like, wow, I was in a really like struggling part of my life in parts of those songs. And now I'm not there anymore. So you kind of, you got this um, revisit of, of, of appreciation. I do anyway. So I think mm. with these songs, I did get to a point where I was just like, no, this is it. Cause they fit so well together. And the message behind each song fits, um, so I wanted them to be together and I didn't want to tinker with it too much when they were all done, basically. Did, yeah. did you find as well during the various lockdowns and iterations of lockdown that we've had that your creativity kind of increased or diminished during that time? Because I think that it, having very little to do and very little kind of inspiration around you other than the kind of, you know, the, the tragedy and the negativity of the headlines at the time, it can affect people so differently. How, how did you respond creatively during those, particularly the most challenging months where the lockdown was at its tightest? I didn't feel creative at all. I didn't feel um, definitely not writing. I, I had to do stuff that was, had a A to B. So either it was, I did a lot of cooking, which is very much like you have the ingredients, you make it and you have a meal. It's very simple recipe. And I did a lot of arts and crafts. Like I did some, some uh, embroideries and stuff like that because it's an, it's an easy way of being creative without having to think too much. And I think as soon as I went into trying to write songs or music, it, it felt too much. It actually took me a while to actually even listen to music again. It was a weird kind of, especially that first year when we had strict lockdowns. I remember I was just, I didn't even want to listen to music. I just listened to podcasts. Mm. And then at the end of 2020, I listened to a podcast that Dive did. Do you know Dive? This band, this American band. Yeah. And uh, they did this really cool podcast with seven episodes where they were nerding out about bands they loved. And we have very similar tastes. So they spoke about these amazing shoegaze bands and, and rock bands. And I listened to them. I was like, oh, yeah, I love bands, you know. And then I kind of go, ah. Oh. And then I started to listen to the bands they were talking about. And then the ball started rolling again. So it took me a good year before mm. I kind of almost remember that I was a musician. Because you kind of get so distant from mm. the world that you're in. So for me, it just helped to just bake, listen to podcasts, um, did my little <laughs> my little uh, embroidery and stitching and then after a year I was back on it so yeah but I definitely didn't feel songwriting wasn't even in my head at all at the time the first year anyway no yeah. I mean you, you spoke about uh, 
listening to some of those podcasts and talking about bands and stuff. Are there anyone there you can remember that you were talking about uh, that may may have even influenced the, your your writing or your approach to writing when you then did start picking up an instrument again or did start writing lyrics again? Yeah, I mean, they spoke a lot about the classics, these guys, you know, they spoke about like Pixies and, and Slow Dive and, you know, and all of these these great heroes. And I and I kind of revisited these albums and I was just like, oh yeah, this is just so unapologetic. I think that's why I love that music so much because it's, it's almost, a lot of it sounds ugly, you know, <laughs> but it sounds so cool, <laughs> especially Pixies. If you listen to some of the Pixies mixes are just almost bad but it just works because them and it's it's got a sound that's cool mm. and it's extremely harsh sound but it's it's great and i kind of got reminded why i love that sound so much and i definitely got inspired by that i think um mm. definitely i think dive is also really really cool i i really want to see them live at some point because i feel like they especially have one song that reminds me a lot about mbv so i'm just like I really want to see them live yeah. just to pretend <laughs> I'm at an MBB gig, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, you know, fantastic artists and the Pixies are a, a brilliant example of that. It's quite, you know, that I, I mean, the, of course, you know, be far from the first to say, it, but it's amazing that that combination that they seem to have of like pure melody and pop sensibilities with just the most, bizarre and outrageous vocal delivery at times and as you say the mixes are harsh and they're in your face and it's such a strange mix of uh you know just just kind of sheer madness at times but totally kind of hooky and poppy and infectious at the same yeah. time it's uh it's an amazing mix um and yeah not not easy to capture um no and i think it's that that's also another element that i got from it when you when i listen to the music that i love when you break it down, it's actually really poppy. Because I remember when I was younger, I was just like, oh, no, I don't like pop music. Ugh, gross, you know. But now when I'm older, I'm just like, I love a good pop song. It's, you know, and when and when I break down these songs that I love, they're all, has a lot of pop in them, even though they're like a rock song, quote, unquote, or, or, or a, you know, whatever, um, experimental song. Um this still has a pop element to it. And I think that's another thing that I tried to bring to this album is not be scared of, you know, writing maybe a hook line or whatever without even like thinking about it. But I used to be so against those things before when I was younger because I tried to be like cool and like the <laughs> indie girl. And yeah. now I'm just like, oh, pop songs are cool. And great pop songs out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when when you do, you know, sit down to, to start writing, do you have like a particular approach or a particular way of doing things that, that you like to stick to? Do you, you know, is it a case of sitting down with a, and writing some lyrics to begin with? Do you sit down with a guitar or a keyboard? Is there, is there like a preferred process that you have? For this album, I love to write from drums. So my, my boyfriend is a drummer and I, I often ask him to send me um, just some takes that he hasn't been used or like, Sometimes he records himself practicing and I just ask him to send me some files and then I just chop them up, align them up, and then I just write from that. I don't necessarily use the drums for the end recording, but it's just a writing tool because I find writing from drums makes it more fun for me at the moment because I used the first Reflection of Youth, a lot of it was written from guitar, started with guitar, but this is more 
drums first and then I and then I add a synth or some chords or guitar or whatever on top of it um and I think that might have been a a a nice route to how the album is sounding now as well because I chose that approach um because I find when I start with drums it's really fun to layer stuff and it's easier then to move stuff around because then if I just layer lots of stuff and I go oh, section B works better as section A, and then I can just chop and move it over, and then I can play around with the placement of all the parts till I like the structure, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's really interesting writing from that, that kind of mm. starting point, I think. And I, I was wondering, actually, if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, two of the singles that you've released so far, um, which are The Ladder and uh, The Beat. Um mm-hmm. What can you tell us about how each of those came together? Because they're very different sounding songs. You know, Ladder is really, it has that shoegazy kind of feel to it. It's this huge kind of swirling, almost kind of like wall of sound feel to it. And then the beat is far more delicate. And then there's got, you know, a huge spike in sound. And it kind of, it, it, there's much more, um, it feels like a much subtler or not necessarily subtle, but there's a, there, there's greater sort of dynamic there, whereas yeah, ladder feels like it's this big in your face kind of, you know, wall of guitars. Um, how did how did those two come together? And, um, and yeah, w- w- which of those came first? The beat came first. Uh, the beat came first, and how did that come about? Yeah, the beat was just um, had a drum loop. Um, again, also I get some drum loops sent to me from Alistair, my collaborator, and and, and long term friend and bandmate he just sent me a loop he had lying around in in a in a hidden away folder somewhere and then I and I just started writing from that with my baritone guitar that that kind of bass line that comes in and um and yeah just evolved evolved from from there really and that song and I felt like that song really worked with the message of the record because it was it's very much about I'm not gonna be making up excuses for who I am as a human being and I wanted it to be this is who I am and, and a good represent, representation of who I am. Um, and Ladder came quite a lot later, actually. It came, that's like the last song that was added to the record, Ladder. Um, and I was just messing around in this tiny little, we had this little back room next to our bedroom where I had my little laptop and really easy setup. And I was just playing around with this guitar riff and I remember like writing, I was like, is this like a bit too, bit too poppy? <laughs> you know, and then my brain went like, oh, is this too poppy again? And I thought, no, it's actually, sounds cool. I showed it to my boyfriend. I was like, no, it sounds cool. Like you should just, just go for it. So I said, okay, I'll just try and finish. And I think I finished it in like an hour or something, lyrics and everything. That's not. Oh. And I sent it to management and they were like, oh, you should definitely add this <laughs> record. <laughs> and I think it was just one of those you know, I had a had an idea in my head and I had to finish it there and then. So Ladder has that feel, I guess, of just, you know, and I wanted it to have that um, intensity, as you would say. I'm glad it came across Wall of, of Guitars and Wall of Sound because it's got a bit of a pissed off moment um, lyrically as well, kind of like, you know, I want it to be in your face. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, that that's actually the latest, latest edition of that song. Wow. Mm. Cool. So what's next for you? I know that you're obviously in the middle of a tour at the moment. Um, it's, <laughs> we're not even at the release date of the, of the album yet, but what can you, um, what can you tell us about the, what you've been working on since you said earlier on, you've, you've been in a, 
different headspace already excited about working on new music is there uh, anything you can tell us about the direction that might be going in at this point or are we uh, are we a little bit too too far out at, at this stage um what can i say well all i can say is that i'm i'm really excited about it i i definitely want to it's always going to be an era era twist to it no matter what i do but i i'm tempted to go into more orchestral vibes because i've been listening to a lot of cool like string arrangements um like from western movies and you know lots of strings through tape and like to make it sound really gritty and 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 beautiful and i kind of i want to try and do that because i've never done that before i um i might have a collaboration coming up which is really exciting but i can't say but hopefully that will happen and uh yeah it's looking bright next year it's gonna be it's gonna be great i'm really excited um and uh, I want, again, I want lyrically, I feel like I'm in a in a much lighter headspace now than I know, especially uh, from Reflection of Youth. So I feel like my lyrics will, oh, maybe will be more and more uplifting the more, <laughs> the older I get, maybe the more secure I get, the more uplifting <laughs> lyrics I have. Who knows? Yeah. But um, definitely feel very hopeful for, for next year, definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we wish you all the very best with the record and with the tour. It, it's a, it's an incredible album as well. So, you know, you congratulations so and um, yeah, uh, it's been it's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.